Hey, welcome to another episode of the Bogey Train. For once again, this is your host Nick, along with uh, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Jangs is back, fresh off a dub against Nick this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I see that wasn't on the list to talk about. Well, it is now, baby. But, yeah. If Jane and I finally got in, I was like, oh, you know, one, one, maybe. Who knows if I'll play another round of golf this year before winter, but like, let's get another, uh, let's get a beautiful first day of October, about 70 degrees round of golf in. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't play too hot, but if you I follow us on the Instagram hot, I, I played hot. at the bogey train pod, you were aware of that, but yeah, it was still fun. So you would have loved the, the, like every fourth or fifth hole score updates where it's just like Jang's one under, Jang's even, Jang's one under, Jang's one under. Then you got the final score and just said two under, Nick four over. It's like, that's right. Yeah. I guess we'll have to uh, do updates next time when I actually play good. But might have to that, have, uh, the, that's the like once a year. Cup. Should make that into a tournament. Anyway, who's our, uh, who's our, third, who's our third host tonight? We can... Uh, testing, testing, one, two, uh, testing. Unfortunately, we can hear you. Noah J's back, baby. Noah J's back. Average John. Anything, uh, anything new, anything to greet us with on, uh, this new episode of the bogey train, any updates? Life, you want some life life updates? Anything like uh, you? You said you may or may not have played Augusta last time. I thought maybe you got over there again. Uh, yeah, shot, well, I may, or may, I may or I may or may not have played it again. Well, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Have you got your invite to live yet? Yeah, but they they aren't offering me enough money, so I turned oh, it down. Dang. You know you must suck when live is lowballing you. Yeah, I, well, I sent him a counter offer back. So just waiting to hear, you know, you got to play. Yeah, yeah. This episode is sponsored by Fresca, by the way. They said you only have to commit hate crimes against two journalists and then they'll let you play for a higher. And there's two of them sitting in this chat right now, baby. I think that's a stretch to call myself a journalist. I taught journalism for one year, so I consider myself a journalist. Wow. <clears throat> they must be scraping the bottom of the barrel over there at that school. Yeah, that was a very poor decision on their part. Is that why it was only for one year? That's probably why that is why it was only for one year. Classic. It's all right. Trial and error, though. You know, you live and you learn. Yep. I would love to make another yearbook, but it's just not not for me. <laughs> oh, now I get it. I know why. they You didn't teach it again. Did you? Weren't you like 12 months late on that yearbook? It's technically only like six. <laughs> oh, no, it was man. only four. Classic. Yeah. All right. Well, I suppose I'll get right into it. Uh, I was, I just wanted to touch briefly on some of the professional events that happened over the weekend. I didn't watch one second of either one of them. Um, but first on the PGA tour, the Sanderson farms, or in other words, Davis Riley's fifth major. And, uh, Mackenzie Hughes won that event, and uh, I know almost nothing else. Mackenzie who? Did I say that right? Mackenzie Hughes. Hughes? Mackenzie Hughes. Won the Pedbridge Farms uh, Invitational? The Sanderson. Oh. I should call it the Pepperidge. Is that still a thing, by the way, Pepperidge Farms? 
I think so. I haven't, I haven't seen very many advertisements for them. But or he'll, the he, he won. He won in a playoff mm-hmm. over Sepp Straka. Ooh, I like that guy. I do like that guy. Sepp Straka. Um, good for him. Uh, good for Canada. And uh, I mean, I guess. Uh, how so, else do you take out your frustration of not being on the President's Cup team than uh, winning the week after? So that's a that's a good. Well, first of all, that comment, winning the week after, after not being on the President's uh, Cup team, that's a recurring theme. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> now I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, shoot. Yeah, it'll come back to me. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, good for him. Happy for him. He's been playing pretty well uh, oh, on tour for the last I remember. few years. Do we, do we have a Ricky update this, uh, this week? Uh, what do you mean? Did he play this week or is he? He did uh, not play. Nope. He uh, is back in Vegas this week for the Shriners. Uh, actually, today um, he was scheduled to go and uh, meet with Butch in person, put in some work at the Monday of the Shriners, which is when we're recording this. Uh, so, yep, hopefully uh, Butch fixed him. But remains to be seen. Some might say, TB, sure if, some might say TBD. I was going to say, I'm so, not sure if uh, Ricky would. Um, play this week you know he's kind of fighting bottom of the barrel for his tour card so yeah you know i thought maybe uh well if he can't get into the sanderson farms then what's he doing you know maybe he'll play but, the hillshire farms <laughs> and uh continuing with our theme of uh guys who wanted to be on the president's cup team but uh just missed out that would be ryan fox winning over on uh, the dp world tour this week at the dunhill links um i think baby. rory did rory come in second um oh uh, yeah say. he beat rory so of course rory continues his form of playing really well but barely ever winning um especially at the old course uh but uh yeah i mean good for those two guys but just a little bit late to win those I, events because they i uh, wouldn't i wouldn't even call the ryan fox uh you know just missed out i think he was gypped you know isn't he like 40 40th 50th in the world yeah, um, should have been in. Yeah, I think as far as world ranking, it would have seemed like he was one that should have been on the team. I think what did it for him is he was playing really well in the earlier part of the year, and then the last couple months leading up to it, he wasn't playing so hot. Which is so I think recent form was a big factor in uh, Captain Immelman's decisions, but is what it is. He'll uh, fight another day, and also, um, yeah, I guess he'll just try to have to. He'll just try to make the team next time. So. It's a good bounce back for the internationals. Good bounce back for Team Canada. Uh, you know what? What they go in the Presidents Cup like zero and eight. <laughs> yes, I think so. And they went. They, they went zero and eight. Team Canada bounce, bounce back with a win at the Sanderson Pepperidge. There Hillshire you go. Farms. Honestly, I was going to save this till the end. Uh, just get into some more news, but uh, I'll just touch on it now since we were talking about the Presidents Cup. Um, so last time we were talking about ideas, um, wasn't our idea. I had heard it, um, other places, but the idea of making it a mixed event with some of the women golfers and, uh, actually captain Immelman had some comments <coughs> on that. So, um, I thought it'd be an interesting follow-up. Did you hear about this, Jaden? I did not. He says, uh, the idea of changing the format and including women is quote disrespectful on all accounts. To be extremely honest with you, Immelman said, I find it disrespectful to us as international golfers that we are professional athletes that compete at the highest level week in and week out. 
We're not scrubs. Are we as strong as the Americans? Doesn't quite look like it right now. They have kicked our butts in this event. Sure they have. But there's been some close calls, so I find it disrespectful to us. I find it equally disrespectful to the women golfers, and here's why. I don't think they need men to make them and their competitions relevant. Their competitions are already relevant, blah, blah, blah. Talks about the Solheim Cup. Okay, a couple things there. We're not saying it to make the women relevant. We're saying it to make your own team relevant, Captain Immelman. I just think it make the President's Cup like more fun to watch, like, yeah, um, whether I, it's closer, I completely. Not, the President's I, Cup's just not fun to watch. Yeah, I I still think it's fun to watch. I mean, rel, I mean, relatively speaking, like if you compared it to like an average tour event. But I mean, I don't know. I I think that's a little. Uh, I don't agree. I don't. I don't see how it's disrespectful. I, I mean, and I mean, he talks about the Solheim Cup. Okay, that's the American and the European women. I mean, but the international women, they don't really have an event like that to showcase themselves on that sort of stage as well so um i i totally stand by the idea of a mixed event uh immelman's comments do not sway me in the least what do you think uh let's go to john i haven't heard from john and he wasn't here for this topic last week yeah about the about the president's cup uh did you did you happen to listen to our conversation last week i i listened to the pod i'm a devoted listener of the bogey train all right so our idea of making the president's cup a mixed event yeah, I thought it was a great idea. I think uh, I think there's something to it, and it would be so much closer. That would be like a very closely contested competition, I think. But I, yeah, it, I, just, it just sounds I, like Immelman's a little butt hurt right now. Probably a little bit. I, I still don't care about closeness. I just think it would be fun to watch. That's, I mean, when I watch a golf tournament, I don't care if it's close. I don't care if whatever. I just want it to be a fun tournament to watch. Like I don't also, go out of my way to, to watch the John Deere because it's usually not that fun of a tournament. Also, I don't know if I've ever watched the President's Cup live ever. I think I've only ever watched replays. The uh, it's it's kind of tough because in recent memory, at least, the closest um, President's Cup was 2019, which was in December in Australia. So, I mean, if you were going to watch, that's not just casual viewing. Like you had to, you had to be trying to watch it, you know, just because the time change and everything, but that actually, that was an electric event. That was the, that was the tiger one, right? Yeah. Captain Woods kicked, kicked the living daylights out of Abe answer. Yeah. The the U S the U S was just a couple of shots from being down nine to one after two sessions. So, and they ended up, uh, bouncing back and coming back to win that was crazy but what about um, electric yeah so um touched on that anything else from uh either of you on anything we've talked about so far i mean nothing crazy no all right well uh i'm gonna get right into it uh again if you follow us on the instagram uh you definitely saw this i think this was sometime last week i don't even remember but uh breaking news patrick reed drops his lawsuit against the golf channel and brandel chambly and i'm thinking you know it's good you know uh cooler heads are going to prevail um patrick reed is maybe he maybe found some sanity and maybe realized a 750 million dollar uh defamation hold that thought thought, nick i'm just getting more breaking news patrick reed has reinstated that lawsuit against brandle and added more names like eamon lynch 
onto oh. that lawsuit. So Patrick Reed has refiled the lawsuit in a different state. Interestingly enough, um, it was originally filed in Texas. Now it is in um, the district of Florida that includes Ponte Vedra beach and PGA tour headquarters, even though the PGA tour is not a defendant in the lawsuit, just being um, referred to vaguely a few times. And uh, now not just suing um, Brandel Chambly by name, but also Shane Bacon, Eamon Lynch, Damon Hack, and uh, that might be it. So, I feel like there's a name, but maybe not. So, yeah, it's really, uh, really fun stuff, I guess. We love legal battles, baby. <laughs> Give me all the losses. So, what's, what's going on? What's going on with your micro? Yeah, yeah, your connection's a little rough right now. I honestly haven't heard much about it. Uh, well, who? Why is he doing that? Uh, the connection's a little bit rough right now, average John. But uh, is there a way I can unclose a tab? I just. Uh, yeah. Are you on Chrome or what are you on? Uh, yes. Go to create a new tab. Uh, like control click it or right click it. Okay. And then I believe you can uh, uh, reopen close tab. Should be an option. Nope. Or go to like your history or something. Sorry for the technical difficulties. History should have a recently closed. Oh, I think I got it. Live update, touchdown 49ers, Jeff Wilson Jr. All right, so I have the actual lawsuit up in front of me. So um, it is 80 pages, so I don't think we need to go through the whole thing. Eamon Lynch, Shane Bacon, Damon Hack, Brandel Chambly, and the Golf Channel. Also, Golf Week. <laughs> Ooh, uh, okay, so how much do you know about this, Noah or uh, John? Noah J, average John, whatever we're going by here. You, here's what I know: Patrick Reed is had, has made a lawsuit. Okay, <laughs> so basically, it's a uh, defamation lawsuit against Brendel Chambly for um, sort of uh, destroying his character, I guess, on the Golf Channel and golf channel itself for like negative coverage that uh, impacted his reputation. And uh, so here, I'm just going to, this is from a uh, summary on golf.com of the new lawsuit. So the defendants, so now all of which, all of those, which I just named, this is a quote directly from the lawsuit. Defendants have conspired as joint tort feasors, for and with the PGA Tour, its executives, and Jay Monahan to engage in a pattern and practice of defaming Mr. Reed, misreporting information with actual knowledge of falsity and or reckless disregard of the truth, that is, with actual and constitutional malice, 
purposely omitting pertinent key material facts to mislead the public and actively targeting Mr. Reed since he was 23 years old to destroy his reputation, create hate and a hostile work environment for him with an intention to discredit his name and accomplishments as a young elite world-class golfer and the good and caring person, husband and father of two children that he is. The suit reads, that's also the longest sentence I've ever read. It is well known on tour that Mr. Reed has been abused and endured more than any other golfer from fans or spectators who have been allowed to scream obscenities only to be glorified by the defendant golf channel for doing so because it gets the defendants clicks, viewership ratings and increased revenue for defendants. It does not matter how badly they destroy someone's name in life. So long as they rake in more dollars and profit. All right, we're back. We had a little technical difficulties. Uh, we uh, sort of crashed right in the middle of recording, but uh, somehow uh, we didn't lose what we had. So it's like our, our meeting was on Red Bull. We just went so, so hype at the beginning that we just crashed afterwards. I think our uh, our software here couldn't even believe what it was hearing when I read uh, that section from the lawsuit that it just it just quit. So Such a hot take it overheated. I mean, gosh, yeah, it really got us at a tough time. But so I'll just uh I'll just go over the last part of this again so we can kind of remember where we're at. <laughs> but uh okay. It is well known on tour that Mr. Reed has been abused and endured more than any other golfer from fans or spectators who have been allowed to scream obscenities only to be glorified by defendant golf channel for doing so because it gets the defendants clicks, viewership ratings and increased revenue for defendants. It does not matter how badly they destroy someone's name and life so long as they rake in more dollars and profit. So, uh, initial thoughts on that language, uh, Noah J. If, uh, we have a connection, you might be frozen. All right. Uh, more technical difficulties. Uh, we'll get back to him when, I don't know. Uh, Jangs, what do you, what do you make of that? Here, here, oh, there's, there's no, there's no. All right. And there goes no again. No, is, is this a defamation lawsuit? Is that what this is? Yeah. I mean, what what are you going to prove that they said that's like defamation? That is, you know, like some sort of slander or libel? Because I can't think of, you know, any news of Patrick Reed that came out that has been false. Well, like the the, the one thing they point to is you know all his his cheating scandals where you know he picked up his ball that was buried in the rough and you know, placed it. And then he dug sandcastles in the bunker in the Bahamas. And that's the thing. Like if, if the incident, if the, if the um, suspected cheating incident at Torrey Pines in 2021 uh, was just an isolated incident, like you can definitely make a case that like someone was in good faith, like trying to go by the rules and trying to like, or not exactly not trying to, do anything um i don't know dishonest but just given like his history he's had um like the most blatant one was the 2019 hero world challenge like you touched on i mean just go out and watch the video it's so obvious how much sand he is moving with his oh, practice it's, swings it's a sand castle that um 
you can't watch the video and dispute it, even though uh, use golf facts on Twitter. It claims that it's fake video, that the video was altered to uh, support support this uh, this media uh, slander of Patrick Reed. But also, like, there's no way if you're Patrick Reed with that much sand moving, you don't feel that. It's just you, you just you can't you can't take anything seriously. Um, so how are things coming over, uh, in Georgia? All right. Can you hear me? Yeah. I, I think that why, why is he pointing fingers at golf channel? It's not golf channel's job to gas this guy up for being a good guy. Right. They can just, they can say whatever they want. It's they're just media covering him. Like, I don't get that part of it. I feel like he gets a lot of crap, maybe too much crap, but it's not like they should be reading all the, like on coverage about how he's a good father. It's like, we're here to watch you play golf. They're going to commentate how they commentate. So it's, I don't know. It's weird that why is he pointing fingers at them? I, I, I would think that the golf channel is involved because uh, they do employ Brandle, and I don't know if they employ a few of the other ones as well. But uh, yeah, they do. You know, if you you hit the overarching part of the umbrella in a civil case, that can give you the most money. Why not? So there's a couple things to what Noah said. Is um, I mean, that's just the way it works in media. So I mean, if there's a story that's and there's some controversy involved, obviously that's, what's going to be reported on. Like, and it's not like, it's like this malicious, like, Oh, for clicks, like that's just how it works. If there's someone that has more controversy attached to them, that's, there's just going to be more interest, right? Like, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of like other examples of controversial, like, you know, personalities. Oh, Bryson like, got a lot of coverage. It's just news, year, baby. Yeah, like Antonio Brown or like, you know, like who's going to get more media coverage? Like Antonio Brown or like some, or like Kirk Cousins, right? Greg Dorch. <laughs> um, and then, and the thing is like, if Patrick Reed doesn't acknowledge that he's done more than plenty to hurt his reputation himself, then he's just delusional. Like he, he completely outcasted his own family. Like they live in Augusta. They wanted to come watch him at the masters and he wouldn't let them. Like he literally told security not to let his own family in. Like, I mean, he's not doing himself any favors at the 2018 Ryder cup. He threw the captain under the bus for not pairing him with Jordan. And then implied that tiger woods apologized to him after they lost, even though Patrick Reed shot 83 on his own ball. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what was the story with his caddy that one year too? At the 2019 president's cup, his caddy punched a fan. Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. No way. What, no way. What are we doing here? I know. Like what? You call him that defamation? Like, Oh, they're coming at me. Cause my caddy punched a guy. Yeah. You employ him. Yeah. Also, there's there's proof that he punched somebody in the face. Yeah. Yeah. The crazy part is he only got suspended for just the next day of singles. So, I mean, (laughs) I mean, 
the official, I think, report is an altercation with a fan, but um, you know, the widespread uh I guess general knowledge is that they're some sort of uh some sort of physical altercation <laughs> between Patrick Reed's caddy and a fan. And here's another thing. Seven hundred and fifty million dollars? That is some change. Dude, yeah, where did that number yeah, come what? from? What? Where did the, like how? I mean, maybe he's thinking he's losing a million dollars per article about him. I which I mean, endorsements wise, it's not like he lost endorsements out of this. He was was signed with Nike. You know, like before that, he was wasn't he with Callaway? I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, so along the way, all his sponsors basically dropped him. Well, it's just because he's a d bag. <laughs> um, yeah, Wait, I just like. He, does he not know he's on camera when he's on these tour events? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like they're, it's they're gonna televise this if he does. Like, if you do something, it's because go on so TV. From the Patrick Reed perspective, it's like that Golf Channel is just like for some reason out to get him and like falsely claiming that he's a cheater when it's like there's literally video evidence of it and everyone everybody can see it so it and it would be one thing if he was just like okay you know what yeah i owned up to the event like in 2019 like you know my my club definitely grabbed some sand and i should have noticed that or you know something but it's just like nope i never did anything wrong and then he's got his burner account on Twitter, like tweeting, like, Oh, that's actually altered footage. And like, it's just a golf channel conspiracy to take out Patrick Reed for like, why Patrick Reed, you know, like what it's like, this, I, this stuff's been going on since he's been in college. He got, he was basically just shown the door at Georgia after a year for like cheating and stealing and things like this. Like, yeah, I have, I have an article uh, pulled up and it has a quote from one of the assistant coaches uh, while he was in college. And he didn't, this assistant coach didn't specifically say like, yes, he was stealing and cheating, but he basically uh, said, um, he said the original story that has been reported by Shane Ryan, which documents some of those accusations by his teammates um is an accurate account of his college career at UGA, including the suspicions held by his former teammates. So he's he's not saying like outwardly, yes, he definitely did this, but he's like, what those teammates were saying, like, it's not nothing. And uh, when he was basically shown the door at Georgia, and they even say they're like, it... um, he uh let's see he was not going to mesh with the makeup of the team at this time he was dismissed from the team there is no doubting the ability of patrick as a golfer it was patrick as a person that we chose not to associate with so well i feel like the only people he could mesh with would be kim jong-un and vladimir putin and mbs yeah so um i don't know i I had some other notes about uh patrick reed's uh controversial I guess, uh, history, but, uh, I don't know if we need to go into that anymore, but you have anything to comment on this situation? Noah J John looks like he's sleeping. Down yeah. There. I think he's frozen he's again. So frozen. Oh man. Um, well, we'll wait, we'll wait on him. So, but here's the thing. I saw a story earlier today. Now we have, uh, 
uh, let's see, what's the word mourned, grieved the fact that, um, you know, some of these stories are getting political now, but not to really go that way. But I saw a story earlier today that Trump is suing CNN for defamation. And I think his number was about 500 million. So not to get into any of the whether whether that has merit or not, but just the fact that the president suing one of the uh, for defamation, one of the biggest uh, news outlets in the country, cable news outlets, CNN, and that number is like far less than Patrick Reed suing Golf Channel and Brandel Chambly. Like, <laughs> well, if that's the case, every single president that's still alive is going to file some sort of lawsuit against some sort of media. I mean, Jimmy Carter could make billions. Jimmy Carter. Oh man. So I just thought it was like, um, and no laying out, uh, or no, no laying up, uh, pointed that out earlier on Twitter. Just the, uh, the fact that, uh, that was the number that Trump, uh, decided was appropriate. And yet Patrick Reed suing Brandel Chambly is for, uh, hundreds of millions more. So <laughs> thoughts, Noah. Uh, well, he's currently muted and frozen. He's, oh, he is muted. He's not frozen on mine. He's moving. He's, no, guys. He's moving one. He's like one frame per second. <laughs> I'm just processing this information. <laughs> uh, All right. So do you have anything to add at this point? I have nothing to add. It's just the, the the yeah, dumbest I, lawsuit I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I I I didn't know uh I don't know exactly what you're gonna say about it being uh the live golf aficionado that you are. So um, I do love I do love live. I, I just think love. I just I I do think it's kind of funny how many, you know, how Patrick Reed was I wouldn't say universally disliked, but very close to that. And now that there's so many of the uh like hardcore live golf fans. Now they're just like the biggest Patrick Reed fans. Like, Oh man. Do, do you remember back at the beginning of Patrick Reed's career when he wore that choker and like his neck was so fat, it literally was like, you could see the indent in his skin. I mean, at this point that was when I liked him the most. <laughs> Honestly, like right when he was like, yeah, I'm like a top five player in the world after he won like one event. That's the only thing he's apologized for too is, Oh uh, yeah. I shouldn't have said that I was a top five. And that's like the least controversial of all of his controversies. So gosh, look, look, I honestly, honestly, I like to give period the benefit of the doubt a lot of times. I think he gets a lot of crap because of his reputation, but this is just kind of taking his reputation even further down. So it, like you said, if he could just like like own up to it or something, I don't know. It's got to be a way you can just get over this and just say, "Look, look, I'm so dumb." Like I think he's I've, too far at this point. I think it has yeah. gone I, at this point. It's like a bit. Like you have to just stick I to it. So I just like I'd like to believe that his family likes him. <laughs> I'd like to believe his kids like. I believe that has a good family relationship, but he just gets a lot of, of heat in the media for a number of reasons. And then it's just like, he should just, he just needs to like not care. He needs to just separate himself from like the attention he gets on the media and just play golf and not talk about it or something. He just needs to cut, cut the cord, 
and move on and just just play his game and he he needs to put American PGA Tour golf Patrick Reed behind him and just be the live Patrick Reed now. Just I, anything that happened no, here, just it's get live, over it. Yeah, but it's the live Patrick Reed that filed this suit. So it's, 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 it, the the more and more he just like looks to his past and tries to like say that he wasn't wrong, the more and more it's just going to look bad on him. Right. He, there's no, he's just digging himself deeper into a hole right now. And it's a shame because like, even though like there was, you know, he was maybe not uh, so well liked at the beginning of his career for just, you know, he just kind of came off as not the most likable. Like he, he sort of won over the USA because of his Ryder cup performances. His first yeah. two, oh, I, there you was, know, he was like, captain, I love P. Reed. he was like captain America. And then, um, you know, he ends up winning the masters and then it's just like, it's just, a shame, you know, it didn't, he, didn't have to be this way. He could become a likable figure. I mark my words. He could, if he, if he chose the right path, he could become a likable figure. Maybe people wouldn't like him because of his rep, but he could, be, he could be that guy. I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like he's gone too far at this point. The bridges he's have been burned on the dark side. But I don't think Not we need to keep him. Him. get him out. I mean, I think I think if we say anything else about him, we're going to be included in the next refiling. Yeah, so. we're, we're, he's going to refile it and add us. Yeah, you take my five thousand dollars that I'm worth, buddy. Oh man! All right. Um, I just think that's funny. I just think that's funny stuff. And I didn't even t- mention Larry Clayman, uh, who is his lawyer, who just recently in mid-September was uh, suspended from practicing law in Washington, D.C. So that's always I, good. That's I just good thought look. I just thought that was a funny, uh, funny little piece of trivia there. Um, OK. So now this uh, getting into the actually the, the meat of what I wanted this episode to be about Um It's like, yeah, really interesting. Uh, We're going to talk about some golf stats. So if you're not familiar with uh, Lou Stagner and Arcos Golf, so Lou Stagner is a really good follow on Twitter. If you're on the Twitter, uh, post some really interesting stuff. And um, pretty much all or most of the data um, that he references and that um, is included in some of the stuff that I'm going to reference here is from Arcos Golf. If you're not familiar with that, it's um, sort of a stats tracking system. Uh, you can put a sensor in each one of your clubs, and uh, and then just you know go play, and it uh, you know tracks by you know which club you're hitting and by GPS how far you are from the hole and everything, um, your stats. And so the Arcos sort of data system or uh, database has just um, this sort of data from, you know, thousands and thousands of golfers of all different handicaps and things like that. So, um, that's where he gets his info. And, uh, so that's where we're using some of his, uh, info for our, um, discussion here. So just starting off, do you both, I know, I know Jaden or, uh, Jangles, whatever. Uh, I know you, uh, have a official handicap index. Noah, do you have a do you have an official handicap index at this point? I have an unofficial handicap index. What's that? <laughs> well, I just don't pay for it, but I have this app that like tells you what your handicap would be if I paid for it. But is, is it like, I can't is, even think of, I used to have one. Is it grind? 
It's yeah, the grind. Grind. If you're on, if you're on the grind, look up Joe Nonson. I'm a good follow. Joe Nonson. It comes eerily yeah. close to nonsense. <laughs> I think we're losing him again. Name. It's my grand handle. It's also my. Nah, it's no. It's also my. It's. Well, I was just saying that it's. Oh my goodness! This is terrible. Well. This is just. Oh, it's his Venmo handle. Yeah. So if if you want to fund his golf scapades in Georgia, look up at Joe Nonson. Thank you. Thank My you. Yes. sincerest apologies yes. for the I'm, connection errors here. This is hard to listen to. I'm just doing my best to translate at this point. I'm all uh, over the internet at Joe Anonson. You can find me on multiple platforms. Okay. Anyway, long story short, what's your handicap? What's your fake handicap? What's my fake handicap? I, I as of, let's see. Four days ago, I think, I am a 1.1. All right. Not bad. What about you, Jengs? I am a 1.2. 1.2? Did that 70 really bring it down? That 70 yes. brought me down from a 2 to suck a 1.2. Hey, hey Jaden. Hey, Jingles, suck it. You want to go match right now? Um, yeah. Come down. All right. Well, uh, all right. Just so you guys know, I am a plus 2.4. So just thought uh, maybe you'd, you oh, know what? That, that 76 didn't bring you up any? I, no, it I didn't actually. Yes. Can you see that? Well, you got to remember, bad is like a plus four, but hasn't posted a score since oh, yeah, that's, but I, 19. That's plus 2.4 at Cattail Crossing. Okay. All right. That checks out. A plus 2.4 is a plus 2.4. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I agree. What are you, a 1.1 at Thunder My Road lowest round of the year wasn't even there. Anyway. Serious? What? All right. Ignore him. Yeah. Let's talk about Lou. Anyway, so I, I thought it'd be interesting to uh, go over our indexes because um, let's see. I Hopefully I can find it. I'm a, I'm more, I'm like a three even stroke play, but I'm like a plus five in match play. So it just depends. Interesting. I don't think, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with that, but, uh, very interesting analysis there. So here's a really interesting, so I'll, I'll just throw this out to you guys and see if you can guess, maybe you've seen this Jaden, but so according to Lou, um, so, you know, not a lot of people know exactly how the handicap system works. Maybe we can go into detail a different time or not. Cause it's kind of boring, but so scratch players do not have a scoring average of even par a player with a 0.0 index on a par 72, um, 71.5 rating and a 131 slope. Um, what do you think their average score is over their last 20 rounds? We're talking a scratch. Yep. A 71 and a half rating, 131 slope. I average score, my guess would be like 74 um, and a half. I think it's higher. I think it's, I think it's like 76, probably 76 even. Uh, Jaden, right on the money, actually. It says between 74 and a half and 75 and a half. So. Um, John, suck it. <laughs> I was pretty, I was pretty close though. Um, <laughs> if Jangles right. wasn't here, I would have won. So elaborating on scratch players, 
from 130 yards in the fairway, do you think they miss the green or hit it inside of 20 feet more often? Ooh, this is just a, this feels like a snowball. It's got to be a miss, a green miss. No, Jay, what do you think? Um, I, I'm with him. I'm with him. Miss the green. Why 130 average has to be like 29 feet. 30 feet, something like that. So you guys are, you guys are both right. You guys are both right, but you are very, it's very close. Uh, Chances they hit it inside of 20 feet is 29%. Chances they miss the green is 31%. So for a scratch player from 130 in the fairway. um, I just hold that out every single time. Now there's uh, (laughs) every time. Wow. That's crazy. Um, all right, so driver versus three wood. This uh, is for 10 handicaps, but it's just kind of a, a data set that shows that essentially there is no difference in dispersion between driver and three wood for 10 handicaps. So I just thought um, it'd be an interesting piece of like, do either of you think you are significantly more accurate with either driver or three wood, one or the other? I am much better with a driver than I am a three wood. And I'm probably you know? not even more accurate. I just, you know, I'm more comfortable with it. I'm highly inaccurate with both three wood and driver. So like, so if there was, if you had to hit a tee shot and like the fairway was the same, like it wasn't any skinnier at like two, you know, 50 to 60 versus like 300, so it's like it's not any wider for three wood or driver. Like, which one do you think you'd be more comfortable? Like, if you had to hit a fairway and you had to choose I'm, between one of those two clubs, which one would you hit? Driver. If I if I like if I had to hit a fairway, if I had to hit a fairway, I'm probably pulling three wood. Probably Just pulling three wood. I feel like I can keep the ball low. That's interesting because I'm I'm with uh, Jangs. Like I would definitely, um, I definitely like if it was a fairway I absolutely had to hit. I would probably pull driver. I hope to get more comfortable like finding like being more uh, confident finding fairway with three wood. But at this point, like probably choke down on the driver and try to hit like a I don't know like a little like low cut fairway finder or something. Well, and I mean statistically speaking. Uh, I heard a stat that's like, I don't know if you're going to get into this, if this is where you're going, but like between like a, I think it was a five handicap between hitting it two thirty off the tee with like a four iron, three iron or whatever, and hitting the fairway and hitting driver in the rough and your driver goes two ninety. uh, for like strokes gain purposes, it would take the same amount of shots to get the ball in the hole from, yeah you know, being 100 out in the rough versus 170 out in the fairway. Right. And that sort of stuff is all dependent on like what the golf hole actually looks like. Right. Cause like if there's, if like both sides of the fairway are like water or out of bounds or something, then actually being in the fairway does matter a yeah, lot. But yeah. if it's just like your average, like at an average course, just like rough, like you're going to be far better being like 60 yards closer than just like in the fairway way back. So yeah, that's definitely true. Um, So yeah, 
a lot of these stats, what they kind of come down to, because a lot of um, the content that he puts out there is sort of based on 10 handicaps. So essentially, I think what it comes down to is like, you have to do your best to eliminate penalty shots and double bogeys. That's like, that's how you play golf. That's basically it. But um, so now this question, he doesn't actually have an answer for. This is just a um, sort of a thought experiment. So this is for context. This is for a high level D1 college player. So they're saying plus three index or better. Would it be better to hit every single fairway or would it be better to get every ball that misses the green and is inside 30 yards up and down? John, you want this one first? I immediately, I felt like, oh, getting him up and down. But I think hitting every fairway, honestly, I think like it takes a lot of big numbers off the table. I feel like a lot of big numbers come from missing fairways. And I think that those guys are already getting a lot of balls up and down within 30 yards. So I think you're, I, I, I think don't your benefit think that number's high as you think. I think your benefit from getting everything up and down inside 30 yards is not as high as the benefit from hitting every fairway. I'm going to disagree. I don't think the number that you're thinking Noah of getting up and down inside 30 yards is as high as you think. How, uh, how much do you think they get up and down? Less than, three 50, years. less than 50% probably. I would. And I mean, how many times with a driver are you missing the fairway and putting yourself into a penalty shot? Probably not maybe one to two penalty shots per round, whereas a 30 yard up and down is going to be probably three or four shots around. So I would say the, the up and downs is going to save you more shots. So here's the thing. Like I, both of you are making like pretty interesting points. Um, so at first, cause I thought like within 30 yards, I was thinking like within 30 yards of the green, but it just says inside 30 yards. So it's probably 30 yards of the pin, which isn't like the, a huge difference, but it's still a difference. Um, my hunch is getting up and down from everything inside 30 yards as well. Um, I mean, I would say like, if you miss just like an average green and regulation, say like you miss the green on a par three or just like a par four from the fairway, like the odds that your ball is going to be still within 90 feet of the hole, I would say is pretty good. So that's like almost never making a bogey. I mean, you could still like three putt and things like that. And then, yeah, I think just because it's closer to the hole and actually involves holding out that statistically there's going to be more benefit to actually getting up and down every time. Cause like, even if you hit every fairway, like it doesn't even ensure like making a par if you hit the fairway. I, I did just look up the stat PGA tour average on up and downs for, I think it was the 2020 season was 59% from 30 yards from inside uh, 40. So, so pretty it close. Add, it's, it's pretty close. Yeah. And you said it's 59%, 59% and that's tour pro. That's actually higher than I thought. I feel like I get up and down about 50% from inside of 30 yards. See, that's the thing. Like, I mean, it includes everything, right? So it includes like putting from the fringe. Yes. 
So when I'm thinking up and down from, th- I'm thinking like bunker shots. I'm thinking like from the rough, like, yeah, I wonder if, if you took off like the fringe, you know, because like a, a 25 foot putt from the fringe that would count as getting up and down. If you took All right, here, here's an interesting thought. I think the course that you're playing plays a huge role. Exactly. That that's very true. And in a lot of these conversations one is more important, right? Because if you're playing like El Campion in Florida, like hitting fairways, because if you miss the fairway, you're basically in the jungle, but, or if you're playing like an average, like course in the Midwest, if you hit the fairway, you're like in two inch rough and it really doesn't matter all that much. Then it's probably like up and downs all day. So I agree that the course matters a lot. That's a good one. I like that one. Um, Okay. Here's one. So this is, tracking tiger woods from 2004 all the way to 2001 or i'm sorry 2021 so 18 seasons well he didn't play 18 full seasons but 16 from uh, from in the fairway from 100 to 110 yards out okay so just pretty short wedge shot um what percentage of his shots do you think were inside 10 feet from 100 to 110. This is the, his entire career. It's from 04 to 2021. Okay. Inside 10 feet from 100 to 110. Yep. I would say I'd say probably gosh, I don't know. I know like tour average proximity from 100 is like 5 6 7 feet I think. I I'd have to say like 45%. There's no way the proximity is that high uh, I'm tour, pretty from, sure a, from a hundred yards. Anyway, tour what's your guess? Noah? Instead of 10 feet is the, is the cutoff. Yep. Gosh, 10 feet is pretty close. I think that he made 33% inside of 10 feet. Okay. Noah, you are way closer. It is 30%. I basically got it perfect. So 30% of the time, Tiger Woods got inside of 10 feet from between 100 and 110 yards. So I'm trying to think, uh, like, do I think that's, yeah, that's probably lower than I thought. The, it, is, it is much lower. The, uh, according to a golf.com article, don't know what year, I'm just looking at the headline. Oh, it's from 2020. 25% of approach shot from 100 yards come inside 9 feet for tour pros. Uh, Wait, 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 does that say inside 100 yards? From 100 yards exactly, settle oh. inside nine feet. The inside. average shot ends up 18 feet, five inches. Okay. I believe that. I believe that. I feel like 10 feet's really close, actually. I mean, that is very, very close. Yeah, just think of it. Yeah, that's just like, a, it's just a solid shot. You know, like, it's, you know, sometimes you can hit a solid shot and like misjudge the spin or, the wind or the first bounce or something, but like, and that's even when you hit a solid one and it's not even every time you're going to catch it the way you want. So yeah, I mean, that's just, it's, it's a little bit lower than I thought. I I probably would have guessed like 35 to 40. Um, Okay. I'm guessing So from a hundred yards, 
um, in the fairway. So same similar theme here. 100 yards in the fairway, PGA Tour players. So think about so what we've just talked about. Their percentage of hitting it inside of 10 feet. So what distance do you think is like it crosses over the threshold to where they're more likely to hit it outside of this distance? Does that make sense? Like, are we going up from 100 or down from 100? So the yardage is the same. So from 100 yards, think about like oh, okay. the percentage of hitting it inside 10 feet. Yeah. Okay. I, I see. So like, what's our 50%? Well, didn't at, we just say at, that? Did at what yardage do you think they're like more likely to hit it outside of this? Or no, at what distance do you think they're more likely to hit it outside? For example, so say I had like a chip shot from like 20 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, like at what distance is it more likely that I hit it like out? Is it what I is it more likely I would hit it outside of 50 feet than inside five feet? No. But is it more likely that I'd hit it like outside of five feet than inside of one foot yes is it making any sense or no so like you're saying like from 100 yards is it more likely that they hit it inside of 10 feet than outside of like 30 feet yeah and i'm trying to have you guess guess the second distance i i'd say i would go i would go with 30 feet i bet they're more likely God, so, so, so Jaden, yes. yeah. So, so Jaden, do, do you think they're, it's more likely inside 10 feet or more likely outside 30? Which one do you I think, think is, I think it's more likely inside 10 than outside 30. Okay. So what, what distance do you think it's more likely to be outside the number? 25. We just said, we just said the average was like 18 feet, right? Yep. So yeah, 25 is a phenomenal guess. 20, 25, 26, maybe 27. It's 22. So they're more likely to hit it outside of 22 feet than inside 10. So technically outside of 25 is not wrong. It's not wrong. I, no, that actually that might be. And I guess if they hit it, because they might be, they might be, they might, they might be more likely to hit inside 10 than outside 25. So I guess. Yeah. Okay. That one was a little bit confusing. That was a tricky one. Let's get into one that I think is really interesting. So Noah. Yes. Would you've got, uh, this was originally tweeted out by Taylor made golf. You've got a putt to save par. Would you rather have a downhill slider from five feet? So say it's breaking like a, like definitely more than a cup, maybe like around like two cups, for like a five footer downhill slider or a straight uphill 12 footer. Downhill, downhill, downhill every day, all day, every day. I love downhill putts. Jenks, what do you think? You just get them started and it goes in. Now, Jenks, I know you're familiar with Lou. Is this the one that you know? Like, do you know the answer? This is one that I know. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are both right. Uh, It would would maybe get more interesting if the distances were closer together, but from five feet versus 12 feet, it's not, it's not even close. Like that putt would have to break like 10 feet from five feet for it even to like, 
be close. Yeah, you'd have to be hitting it like goofy golf, like aiming 90 degrees away from the cup. Here, here's my take on putts, because I was actually thinking about this today when I was golfing. Um, uphill putts are easier to two-putt, but downhill putts are easier to make. That's I've, just my take in general. I've always thought downhill putts are easier to make. I, I, I could see that. Um, cause I feel like downhill, I mean, downhill putts, you're playing a lot more for, you know, speed and mm-hmm. trying to two putt, which I mean, can then lead to, you know, having perfect speed. If you hit the hole, better chance of it dropping. Whereas uphill uphill, like if you have an uphill 10 footer, I mean, you're, you're probably trying to make that putt and more, more variables. You're probably hitting it a little bit harder. Um, things like that like if, if you if it's yeah go if for it, breaks it. it if it breaks at all like the the speed is changing so much on an uphill putt you know it's decelerating so rapidly so you're like if you have any break in that putt it's gonna really like be straight and really like your arc is changing a lot like yeah it's a little downhill it's just kind of a which is really it, the whole which way. is really yeah it's really interesting that you say that because like a lot of people think well if it's downhill it's going faster. So it's going to break more, but that's actually like not necessarily true because it's, it's going to have a more consistent speed. Actually, it's not slowing down as fast. Exactly. Exactly. Cause like the uphill putts, especially for a guy like me who loves to die the ball in the cup. Yeah. Like they're, they're really hard to kind of gauge. Well, it's going to, it's going to snap at the end if it dies, but if it's a downhill, it's like, it's just going to keep, kind of turning a little bit the whole way that's actually really interesting i've never even thought about it that way but as soon as you said it it made perfect sense in my head like that's like i've never thought of it in those terms but it's what i thought about it yeah you can you like know? you can picture it you pick uphill putt that like turns a little bit yeah. it's like well, straight 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 and whoop. nick think of my putt on two yellow uh on saturday oh yeah that was like sick. Si- it like side doored in it yeah. just really died in the cup where if i hit that you know more pace like even just a foot more pace, that's not going to get that break. And it has, you know, no yeah. chance. Of and so, yeah. And, and I had one, I had one later in the round where it was like, it was uphill, but I knew it had a lot of break to the left at the end. So it was, but like the first half was pretty straight. So I, I put it when I, I thought was on a pretty good line and I missed it to the right by like a foot. And then, and then once it got past the hole, then it broke. Yeah. So it was like, um, so my read wasn't that bad, but the speed just wasn't right because it was, it still had enough speed where it didn't break until then it got past the hole. Um, but yeah, like what you're saying, like if I'm anywhere between like 10 and 25 or like 10 and 30 feet, I feel much more likely that I'm going to make a putt if it's downhill than it's uphill. Like that range where it's not like, so if you have like, like a six footer, maybe like I'd rather have a six footer, a little uphill, like the ones that you think you should make, but the ones that are like longer putts that are more of like, uh, you know, that's almost like you're stealing one. If you make it, like, I definitely think that I'd rather have a downhill putt. That, that'd be an interesting stat, actually, like 20 footer straight uphill versus 20 footer downhill. Like which one is more likely to go in? Um, just cause I like, I uh, has to be downhill. Has to be. Here. Like, I feel like your room for error with a downhill putt is just a little bit larger, L- not speed wise, but line wise. Yeah. And you have to hit it harder uphill. So then. Uh, there's more like of your putting stroke that can go wrong. And if yeah. it's going uphill and it hits like something like an imperfection in the green, that's going to kill its speed more than if it's going downhill. Yeah. 
when I think about all the putts I've made recently, they're all like, like outside of three footers, literally they're all like downhill, like 12 footers. With a little bit I know. Break. Yeah. If you just it's think all, back of like, comes some, to mind. If you just, if I just think back of some of like the cool, like some of my favorite putts I've ever made, they're almost all downhill. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. You can see it. You can see it's, you know, it's going in when it's like that. It's like, Oh yeah, it's, it's fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking of that putt I had on five red now where I was kind of on that mound in the back of the green and I almost made that putt for birdie. Yeah. Whereas if I would have reversed the roll. So if I was putting from the hole and the hole was where my ball was, I feel like that would have been a much harder putt than the putt that I hit. Yeah. Really interesting. Actually, this some of this stuff. Um, Let's see. Um, okay, this is interesting. So a PGA Tour pro from 180 yards in the fairway averages the same number of shots to hole out as a 10 index player from how far? I, my guess would be like one, one fifteen. I think I think it's a lot closer. I think it's like sixty yards, maybe even closer. I might have. I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say fifty. Final answer. I, I think I'm overballing it. I might even go down to like ninety-five. Forty. I, I figured. Think about how 40. many ten handicappers just chunk the ball. Yeah. Like give yeah. those guys a square strike. And and, and if you think about from one eighty, from one eighty, the PGA Tour, what are they, are they going to average? Like maybe a little over three. You know, they're, that's probably. I would imagine they're like right at three. That's just imagine a like really great number. Imagine like a one eighty. Imagine like a one eighty par three. Mm-hmm. It's like. I see. I think they're probably going to average a little over three. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah, they're probably. It's probably pretty close. I feel like they would birdie that almost as much. Yeah, they're probably. A little I, like I, I bet an average, average tour pro is going to bogey from one eighty more than he birdies. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. And so then a, a ten, yeah, because I bet like a ten handicapper getting up and down from forty yards is probably not very likely. No, no, they don't get up and down ever. Yeah. So, um, okay. This one's really interesting. Uh, I will, I'm just going to pause, wait till Jaden gets back. All right. We're back. Um, I, just, I just can't find the stat. I, I don't know how, I don't know how we find that stat, but I tried to look it up. I PGA tour pro from 180 in the fairway, how many shots they take on average. I'm not quite sure. Well, my guess is it's a little bit over three. I, the, I would assume very similar. Um, just because I think 10 handicap from, what did we say the number was, 50 yards, 40 yards? Um, I mean, yeah, 40. I, I feel like the, the percentage of a, a 10 handicap from 40 yards missing the green is almost probably 50-50 with hitting the green. Yeah, it's probably slightly more than 50-50, I'm guessing. Um, a 10 handicap, actually, I think we might be selling 10 handicaps a little short. Like, they're no, not I think, They're not I think hackers. 10 hand- they're not hackers. I think, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking, like, Stu's a 10 handicap. Stu's missing the green more times from 40-50 than he's probably hitting it even inside, like, 25-30 feet. Yeah. That's, yeah, okay, next one. This, I think you guys will both get this. 
from 150 yards, a five handicap, are they more likely 150 yards in the fairway? Are they more likely to make a birdie or a double or worse? Uh, double or worse. Yeah, for sure. Double. Or Too worse. many things can go wrong. From yeah. 150. 150. Yeah. Yeah. A five handicap though, like a five is not a bad player. No, it's yeah. But, but fives don't make enough birdies. There's too many things that can go wrong. From 150 mil to fairway, you can easily miss the green. Um, I mean, 20 yards short, 10, 15 yards left or right. Uh, you hit a chip shot to, you know, 25, 30 feet, and that's a good chance that a five handicap could every so often, you know, three putt that. I would almost say I'm more like I'm definitely. I think with this. We lost him. I, I didn't like hear that process though. I think with this question come. Okay. Continue. I, 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 I think what this saved. question comes down to, <laughs> I think what this question comes down to is how likely are they to birdie from 150? I don't think that's where five handicappers are getting their birdies. I think they're getting their birdies on like par fives or par fours when they're really close. Honestly, I, like, okay. I don't I'm think gonna, they're making that many doubles, but they're not making any birdies. Okay. Well, I mean, a, a five handicapper probably only averages two to three birdies a round. I think it's got to be less than that. Yeah. And from honestly, and from, I, I, I think and there's from some, 150. Like, how many of those are from 150? Yeah. And up and down from 150 for birdie. Yeah. That's true. Um, uh, five handicap averages. The what? What? I mean, I don't. I rarely birdie from 150. My birdies are coming from par fives and little wedges I have into par fours. Let's see. I th- I thought he posted. Okay, he has something regarding 10 handicaps. So it's not um, an exact exactly correlating to what we were talking about. But so this is, for example, a 10 index. If a 10 handicap shoots 79 or better, so like a very good round for a 10, they average 1.7 birdies. And if they shoot 89 or worse, so like a bad round, they have 0.4 birdies. So so. a a good round for a, now this is a 10, not a five, but a good round, they're averaging a little more than one more birdie. So it's not like they're going off making birdies. It's that they just didn't make a bunch of doubles. Yeah. The, basically. Uh, so this is per the grant that uh, Joe Anonson uses. Uh, scratch golfer averages 2.4 birdies per round. Or birdies or better, I should say. A 1 to 5 averages 1.5. A 6 through a 10 averages 0.9. Then it goes to 0.5, 0.3, 0.2, 0.1, 0.1. So you're looking for a five handicap, probably about 1.5, maybe a little less than that birdies per round. And I just, I think it's, I think it's very difficult to birdie from 150. I think that requires. It requires a great shot or a lucky skill. shot. I mean, a good shot and a good putt. So even if you like, you know, have one good shot and hit it to like 10 feet, you still got to make a 10 footer. I mean, yeah, for a five handicap proximity from 150, I mean, you're probably looking at 30 feet. No, it's got to be more. It's got to be more. Probably like 50 feet. Yeah, that's, I mean, 
furthers my point. It's, it's not easy. Um, okay. Another one. So similar, right? did we similar, get it right though? Yes. Yeah. Okay. There a five is more likely to make a double or worse than a birdie from one fifty in the fairway. Um, all right. Another one similar to what we talked about with a tour pro from one eighty. So a five handicap from a hundred yards in the fairway. Okay. Is going to be the same amount of strokes to hole out as a tour pro from how far in the fairway. Ooh. Five from a hundred. Two pro two pro from I'm gonna guess one ninety-five. I think the five from a hundred is like three point five. So yeah, I like like two hundred. Two hundred is a good guess, probably. Maybe two ten, maybe two ten. All right, last chance, Jengs. After you heard Noah's guess, because he got to hear yours first. I'm sticking. I'm sticking with 195. 195 and 210. Is that it? Yep. 225. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, good, this, dude. Good. Dude, this have, do we have an average there or no? Uh, no. There's not an actual stat for the average, but yeah. I'm guessing your 3.5 is I, I, that's is pretty close. close. Yeah. Gosh, this stuff is yeah. interesting. The pros, I mean, like, the pros, the pros tour games just have to be good, right? Yeah, and, they're, like they're, they're just solid ball striking, and they're just gonna get up and down probably. Or... I wonder if that means. So I'm guessing that means a five handicap from a hundred. I'm guessing that means their proximity is gonna be a little bit closer than a tour pro from two twenty five. But then yeah. the tour pro short game is gonna make up for it. I, yeah. I do. Th- I do think green regulation percentage has a lot to do with it because I feel like a five from a hundred again could easily miss the green, chip on two putt. That's four shots right there. That's above that three point five. You're gonna have some that are you know gonna chunk it, then chip on to twenty thirty feet three putt. I mean, it's that's gonna help skew the numbers that way. Well, good. This stuff has been good. Let's see if I missed any interesting, uh, super interesting ones. I don't think so. Um, Here, I have a question. I have a question. Okay, yeah, let's do it. A stat, a stat question. Am I more likely from five feet to make a putt or miss a putt? Now we'll say from four feet. How about that? Now we'll say from five feet. Five feet. Um, am I more likely to make it or miss it? Five feet. Um, I think PGA Tour average is around. Got my stats right here. Sixty sixty-five. I'd say more likely to make. I think. I think Noah. I think as. I mean, you. I don't know how bad of a putter you are, but I think like if you're going by like an average one handicap, I think you're more likely to make it from five than miss. For sure. And we are gonna really have to wait to hear this answer because he's not connected. All right. All right, Jangs. Jangs. I, I, I said make. I said make. Yeah, you're more likely to make. Both make. Okay. I think uh, you're probably right about the one handicapper, but I am much more likely to miss. Bro. No way. That's Not actually much. true. Is Not that much. actually true? From recent from recent rounds, yeah. That's actually like very concerning. It's. I mean, it's not like not. It's not like eighty percent miss, but it's. You're just it's like. like outing yourself here on your putting that's tough yeah it's it was a good question is there we go see it's a great question great content 
Um, I'm, guess, I'm guessing of, it's probably like 55-45 then. PGA Tour Pro is making an average of 77 five-footers. 77% from five feet. Yeah. Is that what it is, 55-45? I have it at 54, but I don't really keep that great Close stats, enough. honestly. So. All right. Well, if we're going into our own stats here, what's my uh, green in regulation? Percentage? Percentage. Yeah. You're a ball striker. I'm going to say 72%. I want to, before we go on next thing, I just want to point out the stat I found. Uh, so a tour pro is 77% from five feet. A scratch golfer averages 66% from five feet. Uh, a 90 shooter. What do you think a 90 shooter averages? Wait, 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 wait. I'm feet? sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. Say those two again. So a tour pro from five feet is 77%. Okay. A scratch golfer from five feet is 66%. Really? What, okay. What do you think a That's ninety a shooter is from five feet? A ninety shooter. So you're probably looking at like nineties <clears throat> or ninety. Ninety. So what's that like a fifteen handicap? Yeah, fifteen, sixteen handicap somewhere in there. They're probably like thirty nine percent. Yeah, I was gonna say like, I was gonna say thirty. I bet the I bet it's low. This one's going to hurt you, John. It's 50%. No. Oh, 50% oh, for a my. 90 golfer from five feet. All right. I'm 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 just going to go hit the putting green really quick. Yeah, I think you got to. Seems you get one like of those putting it. mats in your... Oh, my gosh. I mean, now you say that, like, usually guys who are shooting 90, are, they're like decent putters. They're not losing strokes that bad on the greens. Uh, lag putts is where they lose a lot. We're talking our stats now. Yep. So this is my, yeah, this is yeah, from, is. this is from the GHIN app, which I've been entering like scores and stats in there for the last couple of years. So this might just be for my last 20 though. Uh, let's see. Your last 20. I... Okay. Last 20 greens and regulation. Noah, your guess was 72. Yeah. Okay. Jangs, what do you think? I'm going to go 66.7. 71. I, that's higher than I thought it was. Come, come on. All right, let's let's go mine. Mine with a game book, I can't do. I wanted to do just this year, but I can't do that, so I can only do last five rounds. So last five rounds, 1.2 handicap. Right. Greens and regulation hit. I'll go 65. Mm. Actually, no, I'm going to say 62. I don't know your game. I'm going to say 63. You guys are both pretty close. 60. He just went for the price is right strategy. He wanted to go one higher. <laughs> he did. He did. I thought going over. No, I think, uh, I think putting is probably the weakest part of my game. I even though, here's, here's even another question. I, I think I've gotten better at putting this year, but that's probably the weakest part of my how, game. How many putts? How many putts do you think I average per round? This is my last 17. Okay, I'm going to say 32.2. I don't know your game, but if you're less than 50% from five feet, I'm saying, you know, 33, 34, somewhere in there. 33.1. Yeah, I I knew I wouldn't have ordinarily guessed that high, but the fact that you said you literally miss more than you make from five feet. 
is it's not a great sign for your putting numbers. Yeah. How about mine? Dude, Noah, you should uh, calculate your strokes gained putting sometime. Oh, gosh, that'd be atrocious. <laughs> it would Even probably be very... lost putting? Well, I mean, yeah, that it's the same thing because it would be the minus. So it would be you gained negative shots. So you must be you must be hitting a crap ton of greens if you're a one handicap and having 33 putts around. You've got to be in like the 70% green regulation percentage. Yeah, I'm at 72 What do you think my putting numbers are? I bet I bet you're like at 31.2. What what putter do you have? Uh tailor made customized spider uh he's a, tool. He has a white and gold Ooh, spider. White and gold. Really? Ooh. Yeah. I can tell you my you're putting stats partner, are better. Man with that than they were with my old one. Yeah. Anyone who uses the spiders is, is I'm going to say 31.9, 29. Oh my goodness. And you always 29 dude. Is that because you're just missing every green or because like, I, well, I am hitting 60% of greens. Cause you were telling me the other day, you're like, man, I just feel like I'm an awful putter. And I was like, you know, I actually don't think that, like, I think when we play together, like, I think you make a lot of those like between like five and 10 feet. Yeah. I'm just going to pick a random round here. Um, I think this one, this one actually might be the Compesca open. It is because I made a 10 there, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Compesca open, I hit nine greens in regulation that day. I had 27 putts. Yeah. And like, I shot, and I shot an 81. I probably have 27 putts in a round, like maybe like three, four times a year. I had 27 that day. The second day of the Compesca, I had 32 with 10 greens. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had 27 with 11 greens. And then Saturday, I had 30 with 13 greens. So I think probably for your game, Jaden, the biggest thing that needs to happen is probably like improving ball striking. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Whereas mine, I think is probably short game and putting. I'm, I'm also like, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm like almost borderline automatic from six feet and in, which is just a crazy number to be almost automatic from. But like I, and even at the, uh, the two man, in mock, like how many of those putts did I just blow? Like, like I said on Saturday, four, five, six feet by and just make the comebacker. Yeah. I mean, it's probably cause, uh, you had your, you know, teammate, I was probably shooting like 63 on my own ball considering we shot, I think two over as a team and took a double. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. As you're talking about how good your putting is, uh, I three putted for double on that hole. And we took my score, even though weren't you like on the green putting, I had a birdie. And he took a triple. That's tough. Tough green, though. That was a tough green. What's that, Noah? Jangles. What? Jangles. Jangles. What's up, my man? Jangles, do you... How much do you practice putting? Do you, do zero, you practice zero. putting? I don't practice anything. 
I mean, we when we went and played on Saturday, know. that was the first time I touched a club in six weeks. <laughs> I'm so bad at putting. I wish I was better. I'm sorry. It's it, I, I, I practice putting. I practice putting a lot when I was uh, when I was younger, and I I just kind of did a lot of the uh, like the three foot clock drill that Phil Mickelson kind of preached where like his ideas, you make a hundred three footers yeah, in a row. Just, and I would go, I would knock that down to like yeah. 25 to like 50, just to like roll it on the right line. And I mean, that really helped. I've always been a really good putter putting then. practice is stuck a snooze fast. It's, it's boring. I want to just go hit balls 24 seven. It hurts. See, okay. Like, I'm kind of with you guys. Like, like this year when I practiced, I hit balls far more than I putted, which you know, maybe is, uh, as I'm just complaining that I'm like a decent ball striker and a horrible putter. I wonder why. Yeah. I'm the opposite where um, I'm a terrible ball striker. Uh, but like, I think putting practice can still be fun because like, that's like actually seeing the ball go in the hole. Like, as you know, as well as like hitting range, like, you know, obviously hitting bombs is fun, but, uh, like you're just kind of hitting out like to nowhere almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess not if you're like having a disciplined range session where you're like picking targets and things like that. But another thing about short game in general, I I could chip for like for hours, really fun chipping, great time, different shot, high shot, spin shot, no spin shot, really fun. But I can putt for like five minutes and then it's like yeah, I'm gonna go start chipping again. <laughs> well, uh, I think we've probably went just about long enough, but. Uh... I thought that was interesting. I thought that was fun. Yeah, that was that was good. The uh, the Lou Stagner stats are just always a fun time. Uh, like Nick said, if you if you're a Twitter guy, you want a good golf follow on Twitter. Lou Stagner, uh, he always just puts out these you know these random stats like that. Uh, and basically, I'll, I think everything that I pulled was from the last month. So yeah. if yeah, I, I feel mean, like there, there's definitely day. we could definitely do something like that again in the future. It's not like I you know. It's not like that was all the content, but, um, so, okay. We already kind of talked about, I was just going to kind of do like based off some of the stats we talked about and just everything else we talked about, like if you could improve like one aspect of your game, well, actually there was another thing I wanted to talk about briefly there. He, he had another uh, post about like tracking like decent players, like low handicaps, I think, I don't know if they were scratch or a little bit worse, but if they rounds where they were like even par through between like eight and 11 holes or something. And then if they had a bad hole, how they finished after that. It's like, obviously like if you have a good round going, you don't want anything to happen, but would you like feel worse having a bad hole like that? If you were having a good round or if you were having a bad round. What kind of bad hole? So like, like a. So if you made like a double or triple bogey, would you rather like? Would it feel worse if it was coming in a good round or like in a bad round? To me, it would kind of depend at what point in the round it is. Like if it's early in the round, it's probably not going to you know upset me as much as 
Uh, I sh- let me let me rephrase. If I'm having a bad round and I make a triple late in the round, I won't care because I'm already playing bad. If I'm having a good round and I make a triple late in the round, I will be upset. So I think this whole case study or like this this thing is like you had a good say you had a good first nine holes and then hole ten is the is the blow up hole. Okay. So. Yeah, I I would say I'd probably be a little bit more upset if I'm having a good round. Um, like if if I make the turn at say thirty six, you know, I'd be I'd be pretty upset coming in with a triple on the on the tenth hole. Whereas if I shoot like a forty one, you know, making a triple there's not going to affect me. It's not like I'm not going to be able to post a handicap score because the odds of me shooting thirty three and getting a postable number are highly unlikely because I don't make a lot of birdies. Um, so at that point, it really wouldn't affect me as much. All right. Noah. I'd like to first preface this with the fact that I've never made a triple in my life before, but if yeah, I did make a triple, I don't think so. In a, if I, if, if I, didn't you make like, didn't you make like an 11 at the conference tournament one year? It's not a triple though. Yeah. It was a part that's, 10. That's neither here nor that's neither here nor there. And it's not a triple, but oh, if I ha- am having a bad, I play and probably play really bad. But if I have a good round to make a triple, I like, I think my comeback will be better if I'm having a good round. Cause I'll like want to come back from it. If that makes yeah. sense. I, yes, I get what you're, Cause like both of what you're saying, because if I have like a really good start to a round and there's a blow up, blow up hole, it's like, it's so like disappointing because, oh man, this could have been a really nice score today. But also if you're playing well, then you know, you can make it up. Yeah. So like, like, for example, like if I'm, if I'm in a tournament, so like in a competitive round and I'm like, maybe like three, four over through nine and you're just like, just not making any birdies just don't, and then you triple, it feels like a total uphill battle after that. But like, I've had a few different times in tournaments where I had a really hot start in a round and just had a really bad hole. And it was frustrating, but also like, I knew I was playing well enough to where like I could, I could still make a few birdies coming in and like, it was still going to be a, a pretty good day. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I did that at the the state stroke play this year. I was like, I think even through five, even or one under through five made a couple birdies. Um, and then I think I tripled my six hole. So I was three over, uh, and then proceeded. I, at that point I was like, you know, I got, and this was kind of the point I was going to make next. It depends on what I have ahead of me still. Like if I have a really scorable stretch ahead of me, like if I'm at cattail and I'm playing uh, yellow first and I shoot 36 and I triple one blue. Well, I know that I can birdie three. I can birdie four. I can birdie six. I can birdie seven. I can birdie nine. Like I can make that up. Whereas like if I'm playing red, I mean, there's no chance I'm making up a triple at that point, but wow, just no chance uh, as, as I shot 34 on red, but uh, no, like at the state stroke play. So I triple, triple the six hole. And at that point I knew like, I still had three par fives ahead of me that I could, you know, make birdies on those, get myself back to even just play good golf the rest of the way. And then I followed it up with a double on the next hole. And I was like, well, now I'm out of it. Like three birdies, that's like somewhat manageable, but now five birdies, like, you know, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot to make in, in 10 holes. So. Yeah. Um, 
my best round that I ever had in college golf. I happened to get off to a pretty nice start. I think I was like three under through seven or something. And, uh, no, three under through six, my seventh hole, I four putted for a double. And at, at first, like I was, I was like a little annoyed, obviously, like as a four putt from like 25 feet, but, um, I was just like, you know what? I don't care. Not today. Like, I was like, I'm not like, I'm not throwing away this round today. And so then I ended up, I think I went like three under the rest of the round shot, uh, four under, but that was just like, what about what? What about when you four putted for double on the first hole at BCC in ESD that one year? That was actually a six putt and that was for a quintuple bogey. So not exactly. Anyway, how'd you feel after that one? Not good. Uh, a nine on your first hole is tough, but especially with six putts. Yeah. Well, then this year at the Capesca, I was four under through like nine or something. And then I went yeah. bogey quad. Yeah. I didn't really make many birdies after that. I still, I felt like I was going to, but I didn't, but. Well, I birdied the first hole at the Compesca and then made a 10, five holes later. Sure did. That was a weird day too. Cause I shot 43 on the, the back that day with uh, a quintuple and a double. And I just had seven pars. I was like, That's that could have been, that could have been such a like good day. It was so funny. Our, our group, us two, and then the other two we were playing with because it was a two-man event. We all combined for like, we had a seven in our group, we had an eight, we had a nine, and we had a ten. But yet, like, our two teams were in first and second place after yeah, the day. We, it was just crazy. We ham and egged it. Three to a ten. We ham yeah. and egged it so good uh, for the best ball. Uh, but, all right, I... Uh, think we've gone long enough i know that one episode that we had that was two hours was too long for some but uh and we are probably pressing up against that a little bit here so um i just have one thought and it's another uh i didn't come up with this uh this is a lou stagner special but uh he says if you think about it the rest of your life there's a finite there's a limited amount of golf shots you're gonna hit so enjoy every single one Make the most of every single one. Right. I mean, the last golf shot I ever could have hit could have been on my three-foot birdie putt on the last hole on Saturday. There you go. So, any last thoughts from Noah Jay? I'm going to guess no. He looks like he's... I, uh, I couldn't oh. agree more. All right. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> he unfroze just in time. In the clouds. The, the the bogey stay, train always stay aggressive all the time i think yeah i said something about staying aggressive caught always some of stay it aggressive but. all the time all right well Don't bogey train out. signing off another episode tell us what you think about this one um is it too long do we talk too much i mean that is kind of what a podcast is but uh if you've got any feedback um you know, we'd love to hear it as long as it's a five-star review so you like those five stars. Anything other than that will sue you for defamation. Defamation. So. Have fun in court. 750 mil. Until next time. This is Jenks. That's Nick. Nick. We'll see you later.